following podcast is a production of The Network. Check us out on BICBP-radio.com. gentlemen welcome back to another episode uh, happy wednesday to most of you listening to this to fantasy beasts and where to find them the fantasy football podcast i'm joined as always by my co-host gary and our special uh, guest today mr joe pizapia i got it right this time around you joe. did very proud uh joe <laughs> the author of fantasy black book not just football also baseball and uh also you're still with sports grid correct I am still a sports grid and I am hosting uh, everything on fantasy pros nowadays. That's the way to do it, man. I've, uh, I got to appear on sports grid a little bit uh, before we started this venture here. Yeah, that was did. fun. We, we had to talk about going through tables. You, you were in that appearance. Yeah. It was. You and I were throwing someone through a table. I think I smashed the beer at some point on that. <laughs> on that <one. laughs> so we got to uh, kind of jump together today. We figure fantasy drafts are really getting into the full swing. We wanted to push this as late as we could into the season. Uh, as I have already mentioned, Joe is the author of the fantasy black book. This has been something I've been religiously using for the last two or three years now. And it has just continued to make my drafts just money. Uh, Joe, <laughs> do you want to give us a little rundown of what really went sure. into this year's book? Well, first of all, thank you. It's, it's nice to see you. And yes, I take full credit for making you famous and putting you on television. <laughs> uh, and I was rooting for you. I was rooting I was rooting for Josh Allen, rooting for that MVP. It fell a little short in both ends. But uh, what, what the Black Book is about is about strategy. You know, you get it. There's a ton of fantasy content out there. And what we're trying to do is give you something different, and that's relative position value. And what relative position value is, you'll see everybody's got, you know, rankings, and that's fine. That's a good start. And then people have tiers. That's even better. But what we give you is quantified rankings and quantified tiers. So you basically understand where the fantasy league average is at every position and how to stay above that. And it's about productivity from the roster spots. Running back's not a position. RB1 is a position because most people are going to have an RB1. So how do you stay above that? How do you, how do you build roster strength? And what we try to do is we cover everything. We cover IDP, we cover dynasty. I mean, We've got write-ups that nobody else has on both of those subjects. We have full standing chapters on PPR, on Superflex, with, you know, with approach to what the player pool is this year, how to approach it, how to build those core roster strengths. And basically what it is is like that one book for everything. So like Lord of the Rings, one book to rule them all because everybody plays in different leagues and different formats. And you have to be able to understand that the player, you know, as much as their talent influences their value, it's also the format in which you're playing in the league depth in which you're playing in and really trying to give people something where they feel really armed and, and they feel like they can go in and be successful. And then once you start understanding RBV, it's amazing. You basically start to just do it in your head, yeah. which is awesome. And that's what people have had so much uh, success with, even in that beautiful red head of yours. My friend. It's, no, no, you've, you've quickly taught me to do that because I can sit here and calculate a draft now. And I'm like, okay, well, w- without even having fully delved right? into this yet, I'm sitting there going, well, no, he, He's definitely like a where's tier. the drop off, right? Yeah, you, yeah. You, 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 okay. <laughs> I, I so I had a, a friend of mine last night actually. They had a draft 
starts starts peppering me with questions. Doesn't give me what kind of draft this is. Yeah, I had uh, this pick. I took a Kamara first. I'm like, okay, cool. Who's on the board? I got Tariq Hill in the second. I was like, oh, you're killing it, man. He's like, yeah, it's a two QB league. I was like, who is left? <laughs> what, <laughs> what are you doing? That <laughs> this is yeah. our decision. We yeah. still ended up scooping him. I, I got him. Ryan Tannehill and Matt Ryan is his, or is uh, Tannehill and Stafford is his one and two. That's like, fine. That's like, doable. And like that was late in there, and he had some talent, but no, it's uh, it's it's been pretty fun this year already. I've had a couple. I've helped a couple drafts. We've had a couple dynasties already. I had my first uh, redraft already this year. Mm-hmm. I, I can't even talk on that from a, a non <laughs> just crazy standpoint the first overall pick and I, joe you, you and i talked when we were with, when i was on two point about this about the bills fans being real aggressive mm-hmm. this dude is paying in for a 200 dollars buy-in super super league so okay for, for, tier a is worth 300 bottom tier is worth 100 it's like european soccer there's relegation in this league he somehow I, I don't know if he paid extra to get back into our league this year he did not finish top five he drafted solely buffalo bills players hmm. A two hundred dollar league, Josh <sighs> Allen first, and I'm sitting here going, "Hey, this is only going to make my roster ten times better." But like, I don't mind starting a team with uh, Allen and Diggs as a stack. But uh, no offense, Buffalo fans, the running back situation there is not exactly ideal when it comes to fantasy. But look, there's always going to be those kind of people, and you know, we call them donors. That's what yeah. we call them. Yeah. Those are people <laughs> that are going to give you money, and that's a good thing. You want some of those in your league. Yeah. And then you we, go get your black book and you listen to the fancy pros podcast. And then we help you make that money. We've got some of those in our, in our league that draft Saturday. And we've told them multiple times like, Hey man, adjust, take a look at the fantasy black book. They're like, no, no, I'm doing fine, man. You've won three games a year for the last four years. You're not <laughs> doing fine. I, I assure you, Frank. Well, it's supposed to be fun at the end of the day and that's it's, all great, but winning is fun. I find. So I like to win too. You know, agreed. Um, you got the competitive edge. Garrett, you got any questions you want to ask Joe since this is really the first time you've, talk to joe yeah so um do you have like a preference on like which type of fantasy you like to play do you like the yeah uh, average draft or the uh redraft dynasty dynasty keeper the, uh, the, the dynasty what's your favorite kind of draft i love super flex redraft that's what i'm all about give me the super flex i like you know when you have a 10 team league two QB is the way to go because you want to utilize the board board and you want to force people to <clears throat> to use the, the productive players. But to me, 12 teams, once you have 12, you should always be playing super flex. And here's why, because, you know, quarterback is the position in the NFL. So quarterback is what you want. It's the most productive. It's the most protected. It's how you start every franchise. So why is fantasy different? And running back has really become very difficult over the last 10 years. You know, there's a lot of committees, a lot of specialization in the position, also a lot of wear and tear at the position and very short shelf life. So you have to kind of adjust and super flex. You know, I never understood years ago why people were leaving 200 point quarterbacks on on the waiver wire when we're fighting over 98 point running backs. I'm going, what are we doing? This is stupid. This is not fun. So I like to do with the, the single QB, then two running backs, three wides, the tight end, super flex. And then, you know, if you really want to challenge yourself an extra flex position too, that is the flex format. And I would play half PPR in that too. And here's why, because although the full scoring is fun, the half is a little bit more of a challenge and it does kind of bring things back a little bit to scoring the touchdowns to the running back position, just a tad. So that is also something that I like as well, but look at the end of the day, it should always be what you want to play. You know, I play in, I got four IDP leagues this year. Like I've got, you know, I, there's so many different things and I always encourage people to try new stuff. But for me, the Superflex format is great because it also opens up the board 
and it opens up into team building philosophies. You can still hit running back early. And then like you were talking about, get like the Staffords and Tannehills later, you can, you know, hit quarterback early and often, and then build out from wide receiver and, and take some shots with the Trey Sermons and the Javante Williams and guys like that later on. So to me, that's the format that kind of opens it up. It's more fun. It's more competitive and it uses the player pool in a better way. So that's what I'm all about. I love it, man. It's it. I just started dabbling Superflex. I've actually got a Superflex Dynasty, and uh, nice. Most that, of them are. Most of the Dynasty startups nowadays are Superflex. Which that is very one's cool. that one's nuts. It was a Superflex auction, and uh, mm. I was so sure of Carson Wentz as, as a great way to go. And <laughs> <laughs> well, look, let's not count him out quite yet. I, I mean, I, I don't want to yet, and he still might be ready for the start of the season. We, I still think he'll be better with that old line and with Frank Reich again. So one thousand percent. I mean, he's not even our number one. We do have Tannehill, so I, I'm thankful for that. Tannehill went, and then I just sold the boat in the rookie draft and went Wilson and Mac Jones. So okay, there you I'm go. So for the you're fine on that. Mac Jones is going to play very soon, and Zach Wilson's your week one starter. So you got options. So don't uh, worry about it. Listen, you being a Pats fan, I will say yeah. Gary, Gary, and I with the whole draft, this whole this all of our coverage, all of our tape that we watched. The only thing we kept saying, Mac Jones, he's a, he's a Patriot. Mm-hmm. He, oh, 100%. He, he, he's suited for that. He will succeed with them. Us as Bills fans are going to hate him down the line. Yep. 100%. But he's, that's the best case scenario that you guys could have had. And he, I mean, for me, fantasy wise, I'll take him 10 out of 10 in a dynasty. He's going to be very good. Oh, dude. I, I took him in my dynasty league too. It's a, it's a 32 team dynasty league. It's oh, crazy. No. And there's two copies of every player. It's IDP. It's okay. Nuts. Well, two copies um, of every player. I guess that sounds a little bit. So it's a 16 team league, which is still pretty deep when you think about that. But Mac Jones, I think when you watch him play so far, he executes the offense in the proper way. The way He's that they want it. Second guessing. You're right. You see Cam Newton. He's still slow on all the takes. I know he played better last week, but he's also playing better against the Eagles twos and threes now i know that's the eagles Jones don't even do it the eagles yeah, don't, don't even, even have one. a good a good <laughs> secondary for a one you're right you're you ain't wrong baby you ain't wrong but i think when it comes to mac jones you know the interesting thing with him is that you know when it comes to that confidence execution timing that's what he does and i don't know if he landed anywhere else in the nfl if he would have you know been earmarked to be as good as i think he can potentially be but i think with the pats is exactly where he wants to be the patriots played this game of chicken really well they signed Cam Newton and could overpay him because they had cap room just as insurance. And sure enough, Mac Jones made it to him in the draft. And I just, I just look, man, if, if they're even right now, let the future start now. Cause what are you doing by, by putting Cam Newton out there? I just don't see it at all. It's every team that spends a, a top 20 to pick on a quarterback, that guy's starting in year one. So Mac Jones is going to start some point in time in year one. I mean, I want it to be week one, but we'll see if I get my way. Even when you think they're not going to Josh Allen slides in and starts in what week two of his rookie season. Yeah. And and you know what, man? And Josh Allen, and you know this because we've talked about it. Josh Allen was, I thought, the best quarterback prospect in that draft. I wrote about it in the 2018 Black Book. You, if you've been buying it all those years, you'll know. Go back to 18 and go read about Josh Allen, my write-up. I said, you can't teach what Josh Allen can do, but you can teach him to do the things that he has problems with and fix them. And sure enough, you know, this past season, he fixed them. And it was great to watch, man. I've, I've said it time and time again, and I think you agree with me. I was very wrong. I was a Josh Rosenbacker the whole time. <laughs> How many teams I'm is he very, on? Didn't he just sign somewhere today? He signed too? in Atlanta today, yes. <laughs> he signed in Atlanta today. 
Uh, I a journeyman three years into the league. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that draft is the reason I watched film for hours. Now. Yeah, yeah, because him and I both didn't. We we, we kind of skipped over a lot of quarterback film that year, and we let a lot of the big media know he's not gonna be it. And I was like, yeah, I don't want this guy. And I, I watched limited film, and honestly, Baker or Baker, not Baker, no, Mason Baker Rudolph. Too. Mason Rudolph was my favorite quarterback in that draft, so that should mm-hmm. tell you something. Um, well, but what Allen had was that that incredible athleticism and that, that raw talent for the position. And that's the thing, you know, sometimes the raw guys don't figure it out, but if you go back to some of the, the raw talents, like the Brett Favre's and guys like that, you know, there's things that you can fix, but you can't, you can't teach what Josh Allen can do instinctually. You just can't do it, especially at his size and his speed, what he can do out there in space. And when I was watching, all I could see was the raw talent and I'm like, man, this guy's big and athletic and he's got a big arm. He could do all these things. If he could just refine you know, the release point and the footwork and those little things like that, but that's stuff you can work on. You know, I can't, you can't turn around and do, and it's funny, you know, the evaluations like Josh Rosen was the most pro ready quarterback, right? That's all anybody heard about Josh Rosen, that draft most pro ready yeah. quarterback or, you know what? And, and, you know, he's, he's pro ready. He's ready to, to be the backup on all these different teams every <laughs> single year. And Baker's been okay. Last year was better, but Sam Darnold, I think will be fascinating this year. I think it's a really good opportunity for him with Matt rule and Joe Brady and that complement of weapons to kind of save his career. I think he's a great third quarterback and a super flex this year. Yep. I'd love to have Darnold just draft him on Saturday in a super flex. And I think, I think he's going to remind everybody why people are excited about him. And I think that confidence will start to come back there hopefully for him too. I agree with that. I, I really like what Darnold's got. I, so one of the goofier strategies I've seen really being pushed lately, I want to, I want to get your take on this with fantasy mm-hmm. drafts coming up. What's your take on the zero running back strategy? <laughs> uh, that's called, I don't, I don't have the, the mindset to do any homework or research or have a plan. It's the, the mindset comes from not wanting to wrap up equity and running backs. But here's the problem with that is that's not a strategy. That's a default. And I think when you go through and you look at the position, I like spreading it out as much as I can over the running backs. Like you'll see me, especially in the super flex, right? If I have a top, eight pick or something. I'd love to take a quarterback and then take a, a Najee Harris. If you made it back to me and a Chris Carson in round three, right? So I'm spreading the running back risk over two guys, which is fantastic, but I'm addressing the position because the cliff is real. We just lost Travis Etienne. We lost Cam Akers already. Daryl Henderson is a downgrade from Cam Akers. I'm sorry. He just is. Daryl Henderson then, also got hurt yesterday. I don't know. He got hurt yesterday too. Uh, and like you just keep losing these guys and it's, and it's tough. And the thing I want, I understand why people, and especially in full PPR, they want to pivot away from that. And you can, but you just have to be prepared to understand you have to have a plan for it. Zero RB doesn't mean zero RB. You have to start them. <clears throat> but if you decide that, you know, you're going to fade those top guys and start taking the Michael Carters and Javante Williams and all that stuff, what's going to happen is on your roster, you start, and I like those guys, don't get me wrong, but then all the good that the big time wide receivers do and the quarterback does and all that stuff, what happens is it starts to marginalize or get marginalized by the negative play of those running backs so if you got stefan Diggs dropping a 25 and michael carter puts up a seven guess what all you've done is just brought everything here what you're trying to do is stay above average trying to do is like consistently get productivity if i can outscore you from as many roster spots as i can on a weekly basis i'm gonna win most weeks it's just as simple as that and i think when you boil down that concept that's when things start to change and and i gotta tell you like this zero rb thing just makes me laugh because like I'm in a super flex draft right now, literally going on, like, is it slow draft? And I'm at the 12 and all the elite quarterbacks went, and I'm not going to chase the middle quarterbacks because I don't think they move the needle. No. So I just doubled up on running back. 
that's it. You know, and, and if you're gonna let me do that, so be it. Like, I'm just gonna do that. And then I've taken care of it. And then as the rounds go on, there's plenty of great wide receivers this year. You know, the, the Jerry Judy's and the Jalen Waddles to take shots on who can outperform their ADP. And if they do, all of a sudden, then you've made up that deficit at wide receiver. And there's so much better supply and demand ratio. There's more wide receivers and there are running backs that are going to score you fantasy points. And you can play matchups. There's so many things you can do with that. Whereas with the running backs, you either have them or you don't. And if you don't, I'll tell you that. I don't see anybody in any expert, quote unquote, or analyst league that I'm in ever have that approach or have used it successfully. So, cause you're gonna get pwned when you start to play with real players. That's I love that because that's, that's <laughs> how my thought process has been. I've seen, I, I've jumped in a lot of these fantasy talk show and fantasy, well, not fantasy talk shows, fantasy, fantasy discussion, Facebook sure. posts and everything. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm going zero. Right. Why? Why? Well, you shouldn't Just, go in with anything. You should go in prepared and flexible. Agreed. Because every draft is like a snowflake. They're all going to be different. So what you want to do is you want to go into a spot where you go, okay, what's the board giving me? Yep. And then you start to build your team out. And sometimes it's going to give you big time wide receivers and you take that. And the, sometimes it's going to give you BPA. And you take that, you take the board that comes to you. That's, that's it. Uh, my, the BPA with, with your, your teachings, mm-hmm. the, the rel- relative position value, everything with that. I've never gone top tight ends twice in a draft in that, that super league I'm in. I got Kittle in the fifth. And then in the in the eighth, I'm sitting there and Hawk's still available. I'm like, I I I can't not do this. Like, well, what you do in a situation like that is you also drown the pool for everybody else. Yeah. So you know, Hawkinson becomes a decent flex option <clears throat> that you could play there, or, or a really trade. good trade ship. Exactly. Trade leverage. Oh yeah. The draft is just the beginning of of building a roster. It's not the end of your roster. It's the very beginning of it. So absolutely, taking the talent on the board is very important and. The biggest mistake people make is filling roster spots and trying instead of trying to get talent, get yeah. good talent on your roster. The rest will take care of itself. And then you'll find the guys at each position that can outperform their ADP. If you target them and you get right in a couple of them, then you're in good shape. We've uh, we've got a kid in our league who who will almost religiously go through and fill all 10 starters in the first 11 rounds. Maybe, yeah. maybe a spare flex, but he's going to have a kicker by round 11. Damn it. Oh, yeah, that's just that's just insanity. Like you know, the kicker thing. Like, I don't even know why some people play with kickers anymore. I don't get it. I, my Defense other, good, fine, but kickers. My other league we actually have, we just we just abolish kickers finally. I'm in finally. Two, two or three who don't have them. No offense to the kickers of the world, but you're not needed in fantasy. It just doesn't – it's so volatile and it's it's – it, and they don't really, you know, they don't grade out very well by comparison too. It's like two good ones and the rest were all just a big clump. So why bother? Yeah. You and in and, and half the time, the guys who finished three, four, five aren't really drafted anyways. No, it's, uh, it's Joe, Joey Sly was a top five a couple of years ago from Carolina. <laughs> right. Nobody Joey had Sly. him on their bingo board. No, no. Forget kickers. Yeah. Here's a question. So like, I have a preference of where I like to start in my fantasy drafts. Like if I have a choice to start in the beginning, middle or the end, do you have like a preference where you like to have the, I do. That's actually a really good question. Me personally, I like, give me the top three or four picks or give me the last two. Um, I like to control the draft a little bit. The problem is I don't like being in the middle In the middle, you're kind of beholden to all the runs on either side. And some people like the middle, but the middle is very difficult to win. At the top, you're going to get a premium player to start, a top five talent, no matter what the format. 
And at the bottom, you're going to get two top 12 talents. Yep. And that's something that's very, that those two ways are the best ways to start in my opinion. Um, so yeah, that's what I like. I mean, it's it, most championships are won from the top or the bottom, just yep. statistically speaking. And there's a reason why it's, and those are the reasons. So the, if you get to pick your draft spot in a 12 team league, you get one, two, three. Awesome. If you can get 11, 12, awesome. Everything else after that is a little bit of a crapshoot, but I'd rather be later than early because I feel like once again, people make mistakes in that second round and, and third round even, and I could take advantage of that and get players that can outperform a little bit where they are. Speaking of outperform, and you touched on a little while ago, uh, last year we talked, your prediction mm-hmm. the year before was Chris Godwin. Last mm-hmm. year's and prediction. DJ Moore. <laughs> Godwin and Moore. Last year's prediction was Kelvin Ridley. And DK Metcalf. And, and who are this and year's? DK Metcalf's pretty good. Yeah. This year's CD Lamb, baby. We're Let's go. Uh, and it's not even a prediction. It's just, it's just good research. It's yeah. just, it's there in front of your eyes. You just got to look for it. Um, and why it's so important to find these kind of wide receivers is if you do hit running back early, you have to make up ground. So you want to find the wide receiver twos. They can end up finishing as ones and the threes. They can finish as twos. So for me this year, it's CD lamb who I think right now he, I have him ranked at nine overall higher than anybody else you'll ever find. No, I think you're right on that because he's, <laughs> he's, he's trending towards that. He's too. trending he's, towards he's going that. ahead of your Julio's your Robinson's. Yeah. And well, I think I'm the only guy that's got him ahead of Robinson McLaurin that I've seen, but the good news with CD lamb is, is that most of the time in most of your casual drafts, he's probably still going to go outside the top 12. That's a guy that I think you can lock in as a wide receiver one, even though he's not being drafted as such. T Higgins is the guy that I think is being drafted as a fringe wide receiver two, three that I think is going to finish as a two. I thought that going at the end of last year, and I got a little worried when they drafted Jamar chase, but chase clearly is just, he just needs to get back. Like he's been off of football for a year and he will eventually, but in the meantime, T Higgins is going to be the guy just like he was the man last year. So go over in week three, he was tremendous last year, consistent floor, good ceiling, everything you want. Um, then it's go from wide receiver four to three. I think it can finish as a top 20 this year. He's that good of a talent. He's a fantastic route runner. Who he is gets that? Separation, Jerry Judy from okay. the Broncos. And he's an enormous talent. I know he had some drop issues last year. I get that. A lot of rookies struggle with that stuff. Not everybody's Justin Jefferson. Jerry Judy is an enormous talent. Second year wide receiver. That's another. And you, it's funny. All three of those guys are second year wide receivers. Yep. And then the other guy is Jalen Waddle, who was being drafted more like a wide receiver five, who I think is going to be a four or probably a three when all said and done. Easily. He was he was our favorite rookie of this year's class at receiver. So Waddle ended up in the right spot with Tua. Tua has familiarity with him. He's also got confidence in him. He's also in the slot where you're going to see more uh, targets. And to me. Jalen Waddle is that guy that, you know, as long as the body holds up, he's going to be just peppered with targets. He creates separation. He's got good speed. It's a good wide receiver class of rookies anyway, yep. too, with Smith and Chase. But, you know, and even some of the later guys, too, both Moores, St. Brown. Brown. There's a lot of guys. Yeah, there's a lot of dudes in there. Um, but those are the guys to me. And then if you want to go a little deeper, too, Darnell Mooney, I think, is ready to make a jump as well. Those are my <laughs> wide receivers that I'm very high on. Uh, so you you were talking a couple of these second year guys, and I see you do have him wide receiver uh, number one at the moment. Uh, Brandon Ayuk, you think he is a flirting player to be a wide I receiver two? He can flirt with that. It all depends on 
when Trey Lance takes over, and I want to emphasize when, because it's not if, it's when. Really? Um, See, I, I think even if given Garoppolo, I don't think it matters who that touching well, base what with a lot of that. You just don't know, Kyle. Like you don't know <laughs> how they all fit. You don't know how all the pieces fit. And I've and I've already seen, you know, Trey Lance throws a different ball. We all know this than Jimmy Garoppolo. And those wide receivers have been dropping a lot of Trey Lance passes because they ain't ready for that heat that he's got that zip he's got on the football that Jimmy G doesn't quite have. Um I have, I like Ayuk a lot, and Debo's only hurt. So Ayuk, I think, is another guy you could circle that could jump a tier for sure. Yeah. Nice. Um, trying to see if we really have anything else to touch. You want on to talk here. some running backs? What let's, do you want to? Let's go with some running backs actually, because because <laughs> right. that seems to be that seems to be the ugly situation. And outside of your real the guaranteed five, and we'll say guaranteed with Saquon hopefully bouncing back. It's a mess. So, what 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 are your what are your thoughts on it this year? I know you already stated you're really high on Najee. I'm very high on Najee. Very high on Nick Chubb. I think Nick Chubb's going to lead the league in rushing this year. Um, and I was the guy saying Derrick Henry two years ago, and last year said he was repeating, and he did. And I I think he's going to get two thousand yards, but he did. Uh, and Nick Chubb to me is that guy who's like next in line. I don't think people realize because he missed a couple of weeks just how good Nick Chubb was at the end of the year. And I know Kareem Hunt's still there. I don't care. Give me 1,600 yards and, you know, 15 touchdowns. And I think that's a very doable line. And I don't, you know, people get wrapped up in the PPRs too, but look, yards are yards. Touchdowns are touchdowns. Stop getting caught up in all this nonsense. I mean, who wouldn't want Derrick Henry on their roster last two years? It's just nuts. To me, it's still McCaffrey, Cook, and Henry. After that in the PPR, you can still go Kamara. I think the offense is going to be wacky this year, but, I understand taking Kamara. He's been so consistent. He's been so good. After that, for me, I feel best about Chubb. I really do. I mean, I don't think Zeke is safe. It's his sixth year in the league. He started to show some really wear and tear. And it's mm-hmm. funny. I've been on this horse for a couple of weeks. And I'm not going to say I, I'm not getting credit for it, but it's just funny because I have a pretty big platform of fantasy pros and I've been like really pushing this narrative. And I've seen a Zeke ADP drop in the last couple of days significantly. So I don't know what else. Maybe finally everybody else is looking at the things I'm looking at. But um, Saquon is another guy that I think, it, you know, the later you get Saquon, the bigger that boom is. But give me Chubb. Give me Gibson. Give me Clyde Edwards-Alaire. And I'll tell you what, David Montgomery deserves more respect. Give me David Montgomery. I don't care that it was against bad teams. He was great last year. He's How got often the do we want guys? same type of schedule this year, though. That's exactly. Same type of schedule. All you could ask for is a crap schedule and somebody to be good against it. How many times do we get a great matchup and the guy sucks and it pisses us off? Let's give Monty some credit. I'm tired of hearing about Tariq Cohn. I don't want to hear about Williams. Look, this guy's a good player. He showed you can catch the football. He could be a three down back last year. There's no looking back. David Montgomery's the guy and he's coming at a significant discount. Is he a top five back? No. Is he a high-end RB2 you can feel really good about every week? Absolutely. Give me David Montgomery. And I think he's a guy who can possibly slide into that RB10, 11, 12 and be a back RB1. Do you remember like Devontae Freeman was just that boring guy for a yeah, couple of years? He was, that nobody he was wanted, ugly. but he was good. Yeah. It, was, it was clown shoes ugly. Nobody wanted him, mm-hmm. but he was efficient. He got the yeah. job done. 1,400 all-purpose yards and 12 touchdowns. I'm going to I'm gonna go slightly ahead of that. I'm going to go Steven Jackson too, because Steven Jackson was never yeah, the another, sexy guys. pick but he was always going to produce for you. hundred percent. And get, um, uh, that's how you win. <laughs> so I guys see every week. the only other guy, I think Gary and I are really high on that. That's the first one I've really noticed that I, I want to go against here. And it's not a Bills player. 
Because actually, we'll talk about that to close up because Joe's super high on a Bills player, I know. Uh, <laughs> Chase Edmonds, though, you're, you're number six in, in running back three. Just yeah, I'm not, not high feeling on Chase it. It's Kyler Murray's world and we're just living in it. Like, he just controls all the scoring. And I think people look at Edmonds and you, they hear things where he could be starting running back. Starting running back doesn't mean fantasy worthy. Don't confuse those two things. Where's the touchdown equity? It's probably non-existent unless he breaks off big moments. And look, maybe I'm wrong about this, but when you're looking at RB3s, I want guys that have the upside. I want the Javante Williams of the world. Um, I would be looking at even the Miles Gaskins around there, if you can get him now in that area. Uh, Javante Williams is is a really good one. Um, I think Michael Carter is going to push into that area. But generally speaking, like you want guys that start out as a flex and can be more. And ETN was one of those guys also, but unfortunately he is no longer with us. So now it's about, (laughs) now it's about understanding that again, if you hit running back early and often, right. You don't have to make that pick for chase Edmonds. You could be taking T Higgins in that same ADP. Give me T Higgins all day in that same range. See, I've seen, I I guess maybe that's where, where it's been different for us. I've seen Higgins going in 50 to 60 quite frequently at Mm -hmm. ADP. I've, seen Edmonds more often than not lately in the, in that seventies, eighties. And I'm like, I will happily take him and then jump on Connor a couple rounds later, throw the handcuff. Look, if you can get him that late in the seventies or something, that's fine. But what, I mean, it's, it's when, what kind of investment are you making? That's the thing. It's like, what's the upside of chase Edmonds? Can he break out of a timeshare? And I just like, I'm worried because I don't see him breaking out of that. And then we get to the goal line. It's all Kyler Murray pretty much. Anybody. And I know they keep saying, well, he's not going to do that as much. And I was like, yeah, right. I was like, when they told me Cam Newton off the injury, wasn't going to run anymore. And then he had 800 yards that next year. And it's just like, come on, you can't change the instincts of a player. You just can't do it. Yeah. I, I guess uh, maybe we won't be a little higher. I've had Edmonds a couple of years, so I'm hopeful for re- him to I'm hopeful for it. you. I hope he does. <laughs> now, if he does well, I'll smile and think of you and message you. Phenomenal. <laughs> uh, I want to, I guess, I think we're ready to get ready to close out and then we'll let you, we'll let you put over everything else for the sure, book where we can get it. Uh, but Gary, I don't know how well you follow Joe here. Joe has been pounding the table for our boy, Gabriel Davis to be on rosters mm-hmm. in most formats here. Yeah. Sure. Love me some Gabe Davis, man. Touchdown machine. Was the dude that Josh Allen looked for in big spots in big games that matters. Like that's the stuff that doesn't show up in the box score, but it matters when you watch the games and you see who's the quarterback looking, who got confidence. He's got confidence in Gabriel Davis and Emmanuel Sanders is a hundred years old. And I don't even want to talk about Cole Beasley. All I want to talk about is Gabriel Davis. And look, even if he just has a small improvement year over year at that ADP where he's basically free, it's a good investment. So yeah. it's a, as a guy to cover your bye weeks and who knows, maybe there's a little upside for more or God forbid there's a digs injury. Gabriel Davis, I think, showed you a lot in that first year. And Josh Allen showed you that he's confident in Gabriel Davis. And that is key when you're yeah. trying. And this is why I always do the quarterback write-ups to the black book. Because when you understand the quarterback, you understand the offense, and then you understand fantasy. So that's where it all starts and ends, basically. Yeah, and you mentioned Gabe Davis. It's funny because last year your dad had Gabe Davis. Drafted, drafted, drafted him. him. And then <laughs> uh, caught him, and then I immediately scooped him up. And then he started points, <laughs> and he was just heated. It's uh, Gabe, Gabe's actually a kid we're trying to get on the show uh, through my now wife, a member of her family, actually played high school ball with Gabe all Ooh, four years, is still friends with him, and it just hasn't been able to line up with the COVID world and everything like mm-hmm. that. 
but guys, I think we'll make that sh- pretty short and sweet. Actually ran uh, about five minutes more than I thought we'd get here. Uh, so Joe, give us a rundown. Let us know where we can get a hold of it and grab well, the first fancy of black all, book and everything else. First of all, please tell me you've got something planned this year for the celebrations of the bills wins. Like that's happening. Only, right? only getting bigger. Actually we're, we're down. <sighs> we're decreasing. We're getting the pyrotechnics. Is that what we're doing? We had pyrotechnics on hand last year for the chiefs game. That they lost on the Monday nighter. Mm-hmm. We okay. had that right. ready to go. Uh, but no, no, we've got some good. We've got some that is my joy. This. When the bills win, I run to Facebook. You to will see, Kyle see Rady some, and just check him. you'll see more of Gary with these, these uh, celebrations as well this year. So yeah, very nice. Well, that, that makes me happy. I love, I love it. So great. And uh, I've, I've been, I've been out there to see a, a game. It was so much fun, man. I love the environment. That was crazy and great. Um, you can follow me on Twitter, obviously at Joe Pizza PS 17. Go get your fantasy football black book over on Amazon right now. Get two days with the with the prime. There you go. Boom. Two days right to your doorstep. And then, uh, of course, you can check me out on Fantasy Pros, hosting all the podcasts and videos there. And uh, what else we got? Oh, and in this ring, my wrestling podcast as well, because you know me. Did you watch? Did you see Walter versus Dragunov? Walter oh. Dragunov was incredible. Uh, I missed SummerSlam. I was, I was getting married. I was getting married. But I will tell you this. We actually rented the Airbnb under the venue Friday night. Walked around small town East Aurora until 945. We were in inside in front of the common room TV for 10 on the dot to see CM Punk's return. Which was pretty awesome. It Punk's was return was great. Chills. Then, unfortunately, the main event was a giant turd. But, uh, yeah, that's my problem with AEW. The, the, the main event so of that night? Oh, the main event of that night was so terrible. So bad. So bad. That's my favorite Sorry. thing. No, no. I love, I love Moxley and all, but that was not. I, see, I, I, I will get super heat for saying this, um, but I personally know DG, who he fought that night, uh, and I'm just uh, not a super huge fan of that. So, Listen, dude. Uh, that's why I said, did you see Walter Dragunov? Because I thought the first one was out of its gourd, and then the second one was even more insane. I thought, and and this just shows you what two guys can do, right? When they click. No chairs, no weapons, no sticks, nothing. Just, just caving in just your chest with chops. Oh, Dragunov's like, I call him the Sean Penn of wrestling. Does he look like a crazy Sean Penn? Yes, yes. <laughs> like, right? He's just like he's like European Sean Penn. He's out of his gourd, man. The guy's just nuts. But thanks for having me on, man. It was so good to see you. Absolutely. Congratulations again, brother, on the way. Absolutely. Well, guys, we thank you for jumping back on for uh listening to yet another episode here. We will catch you guys on Friday. We'll be talking some more draft strategies and whatnot. Until next time, you keep on looking for those fantasy beasts. We'll show you exactly where to find them.